What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Big Baby Steve. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Philly Talks. Guys, by the, the title of the, the episode, I guess you guys already know what I'm about to talk about. I'm reviewing um, Bad Boys for Life. Um, I saw it last night. And uh, first of all, if you have not seen the movie yet, and there will be spoilers in this in, in this review. I'm, you know give my thoughts on it, how I felt about it, and I'll rank all three bad boys from what I think is the best one to, and I don't want to say not the best one, uh, I would say just from first to which ones I like the best, you know what I mean, just my opinion, so if you haven't not watched the movie, then, you know, then go watch the movie, then come back and listen to the review if you want, if you don't care, and you don't mind the spoilers because you're going to still watch the movie anyway because you want to have your own opinion. I respect that. I like that. You know, good head on your shoulders. Uh, then cool, stick around. But yeah, so went in last night, saw Bad Boys for Life, and I got to say, I wasn't disappointed. You know, I, I, I was a little skeptical because it was part four, and the first one was made in like a 98 um, maybe '97. One of them. It was made one of the, in one of those days, and uh, the second one was made in 2003. And now this one was made. Uh, I think they finished it in 2019, so we're gonna go with 2019. So this is the biggest gap in between the the, the trilogy of the movies. 16 years from 2003 to 2019. Um, I so the first thing the first 15 minutes again this will have spoilers in it so again I'm warning you again can't say I didn't warn you this time uh, the first 15 minutes of the movie it seems like uh, Mike Laurie and, uh, and Marcus M- Mike is Will and Marcus is Martin um, it looks like they're running from the cops like they're, they're getting chased by the cops and and Mike is just whipping this car around, you know. And halfway through, I thought maybe um, they're chasing somebody. I thought maybe they were, maybe at, at first it looked like they're getting chased. But then I thought maybe, you know, they are cops. Maybe they're with the chase and they're chasing somebody else. Uh, a lot of cool effects. A lot, like, it's a really cool scene. Uh, so basically, they pull up to the hospital. They go inside. And Marcus' daughter, uh, if you guys remember her from uh, Part 2, Bad Boys 2, um, she has a baby. And it's a boy. And we quickly realized that Marcus has now become a grandfather. So if you watch them become from being a father to now being uh, a grandfather. Um, he, you can tell the delight on his face. Great acting by Martin. Or Marcus, you know, let me just think of the, the, the script names. Um, it was sentimental. And then, so the daughter tells Marcus that she's going to name her baby Marcus as well in honor of him. And she says, basically, me and Reggie came out with that decision. Now, if you don't know who Reggie is, stop this podcast Go on YouTube and put Bad Boys 2 
Reggie. That's it. And watch the scene. It's a really good scene. And I, for me, it, I call it a classic. It's a classic scene. It's one of those scenes in the movies that you just can't forget because how hilarious it is and how outrageous it is, but how real it is too. Like, yes, it was. it's, it's a funny scene, but it's a real scene as well. Anybody who has a daughter or a sister or a niece or a cousin um, that feels very protective of them will relate to that scene very well. Um, It's a really good scene. I truly enjoyed it. So come to find out Reggie from part two has now joined the military and he's also in the picture as well. And uh, And they have now had a baby and they're going to get married. Uh, the one thing I, I liked about it, and I was, I'm was i glad to see Reggie was in it because uh, I, was, I was watching The Breakfast Club and uh, Will Smith and Martin were on it and they were asked about that scene and they said, have you have you seen that the, the Reggie kid since? So not knowing that, you know, Reggie was going to be in the movie, Will and Martin didn't say anything. They said, we, you know, uh, we have seen him but that's all we're going to give, you know, just, you know, just watch the movie, basically, we're trying to say. So it kind of gives a hint, like, maybe he was going to be in the movie or not, or maybe, because uh, at first I was like, well, I, got, I guess Reggie's in the movie, but then I, I know Will's always coming up with these new movies, he's starting these new movies, and he's at the point in his life where he's kind of, I'm guessing, he can, he has the ability to adjust the script. So I'm, I'm guessing, I thought maybe he was in another movie with him or something. But no, Reggie's inside this movie, Bad Boys for Life. And um, what was funny is, so during the interview in The Breakfast Club, they asked him, how did that scene come about? And Will tells this great story about how Reggie, it was his first time acting in a movie ever, his first role ever. So Michael Bay, who's a director, tells, um, he tells... Will, he says, Will, you guys are going to go over your lines with um, the, the Reggie kid off camera. But he says, what I want you to do, though, is that while you guys are talking to him about the lines and the script and how it's going to go down, I want you to start arguing with Martin, you know, and then really, like, really argue with each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not like playful arguing, like really like you're about to throw blows type arguing like you're, you're about to get into a fight in front of him so will said that's exactly what he did he said he sat down with reggie and and uh and martin and martin came over and he said as they were explaining the lines and everything martin goes yeah but well when you when you speak i need you to give me give me some space i feel like you'd be stepping on stepping on me when we talk, when we say these lines and right away will starts going crazy he, he tells martin to shut the hell up uh to know his place the whole nine yards. Now, Reggie's looking at this, that these two are arguing back and forth off camera as if they really have beef with each other. And his face is dumbfounded, right? This is how Will explains it. He's literally dumbfounded. He says Michael Bay finally sees the look he wants and goes, all right, here we go, action. And they literally close the door on Reggie. And then Martin, that's when Martin opens the door up and the scene begins. And that look that Reggie has in that scene is real. From the way that Michael Bay and Will Smith explained it, that was as real as it gets. Because 
this kid who has never started in a movie or a show, it's his first role. He's just seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Martin go at it right now. They didn't throw punches or anything, but they were cursing each other out to go tell each other to shut the fuck up. Like, can you imagine that? So while he is stuttering in this scene in the movie, that's real stuttering. When he's like, I'm here. Duh, 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 duh. That's that's real. That's real. My my guy didn't know what to say, what to do. He was just like, oh snap. And it shows it shows the the how do you say the the chemistry that Martin and Will had at this time and point in the 2003 uh, part two version of Bad Boys. Um, it shows the chemistry that they had because they were able to do that. They were they were able to act off camera and fool somebody to then go on camera and continue to fool everybody. Like it's it's really good. It's really good. And that whole scene, and that's what made it so famous. Because Reggie really had, didn't say anything. He just said, yes, sir, no, sir. I'm here to take Megan up. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole, like, he didn't say too much. It was mostly Will and Martin, but we know him as the kid because that look is real. Like, if you ever gone to someone's house to pick up someone's daughter or niece or cousin or sister, you know, that's real. Like, if they got, if they have, if she has brothers and and uh, or a dad, or uncles or cousins, they will mean mug you at the door. They will sit you down in the living room with all 12 of them. There could be 12 niggas in the room. And they'll sit you right in there and they just mean mug you. And then ask you a question like, what do you do? What are you guys doing tonight? How do you do this? And what are you doing with that? And what time are you coming back? And they just they just wait for you to say something wrong so they can be like, no, 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 no. Because it's an intimidation factor to let you know like, hey, Hey, don't screw up on this one. Be be as respectful as you can with this female, because if you don't, you got us. You got us to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And that's real. That's a real. It's that's why it's so relatable and why people love that scene so much. Um, but yeah, Reggie's in the movie, and has a he's now a father. So we saw him going from a 15, 16 year old kid to a dad now. Like, which is really cool. Uh, but the, the the movie continues, and and um, I liked how they didn't try to make it seem they like they made the the script known to be like, look, this is not the same uh, Mike and Marcus from part one and part two. These they're not they're no longer the youngest detectives or cops in the building anymore. They're they're grown now. You know what I mean? And this storyline of movies has been 25 years now. So they're a little older, a little wiser. Um, so I'm glad that they didn't try to make it seem like try to make them seem like they were still young. And I like the whole different approach. The, the whole movie had a different feel to it from part one and part two. You know what I mean? Um, what I also liked is they had Nikki Jam on it. If you, if you don't know who Nikki Jam is, Nikki Jam is a uh, Spanish reggaeton rapper uh, from Puerto Rico. Um, well, mostly from the Spanish islands. You know, most of his music goes throughout to there. I'm, I'm not sure if he's Puerto Rican or not. Um, but he was in it. He makes some really good music. If you don't, if you've never heard his music, even if you're not a Spanish-speaking person 
just give it just give it a listen. See what you think. But they had him on there, and this is Nicky Jam's first role in a movie. And I like what they did with him as well in this movie because they didn't give him too many speaking lines, too many. They didn't give him a big old acting line. You know what I mean? They literally made it like, hey, we know you're you're not used to this. Like we know you can rap and all that, but there's the this is a different field, a different monster. So they gave him just enough time to let him shine, but to hide his flaws and mistakes. You know what I mean? Like that's and that and that's from this movie's what I also really liked as well. Is that they gave him the correct spotlights to shine and not to fail. And the same thing with DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled is a, like they gave him a small role but you enjoyed the role that Khaled was in. Like, they didn't give him a huge role where he could fuck up or you could be like, oh, he got me out of, he got me out of the scene because his acting isn't up to what we're expected to from these type of movies. So they just gave him a quick five-minute scene. And, um, and, I, and I think both Nicky Jam and Khaled both killed it in their scenes. And, you know, and Nicky Jam had a little more uh, scenes in the movie but they killed him off right at the right point. You know, they killed him off. Uh, oh, yeah, spoiler alert. My bad. They killed Nicky Jam. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but they kill him off as well. And, like, in the middle of the movie, which is good. Because, again, you got enough of him to be like, oh, I actually enjoy Nicky Jam acting in this one. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't do anything that he couldn't do. They didn't push him, to his, push him past his limits. They actually kept him within his in his limit, you know what I mean, and uh, I'm glad they did that for him, I'm really glad they did that, because they, because if, you know, if you don't do that, you can ruin the whole movie, um, yeah, so, Nikki was in there, he gets killed off, uh, Khaled was also good, um, so the movie continues, and basically, uh, it's basically about this, this lady, from Mexico, who was like part of the, I guess the cartel, I guess, or a cartel, and uh, basically, Mike gets pulled out of the academy twenty, around twenty six years before. So a year before he got matched up with Marcus in part one, he was pulled out by the captain um, to go undercover for a Mexican uh, cartel undercover job. And during that, he falls in love with the with the uh, Mexican cartel lady. They call her the Bujra, uh the witch. And uh, he falls in love with her. And to the point where during the day before the raid, he was actually about to go disappear with her uh, and just leave and just disappear with her and just go get married somewhere and live happily ever after. Uh, but luckily, his senses came back, and I think Mike basically realized that she was crazy, and she just was just killing everybody. So he he kind of thought like this might not be the best thing for me. So they sent him to jail. They kill her husband. Come to find out, she had a son, and she tells that the son tells the son that her dad is his dad is the cartel uh, leader that died during the raid and all that. Come to find out during the movie, 
that's actually incorrect. Come to find out, Will is actually the biological father of the child, which is kind of crazy. I didn't, that kind of took me out of it, but I can understand why they did it because, again, if you didn't watch part one or part two, you, you wouldn't realize that um, in part one and part two, Mike, uh, the Will, Will Smith character, is a ladies' man. He's a womanizer, you know? He, he has, he's used to having females walk in and out of his house um, without knocking. You know what I mean? He's used to having one-night stands every night. He's used to having small-time flings that he calls relationships. But they're not real relationships, they're just flings. So, it does, it, it makes sense. It will make sense, like, oh, I, like... It will kind of be hard to justify him as a womanizer and as a ladies' man this whole time and in these movies, and he not have a kid somewhere. Like we all like, if 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 you've seen part one and part two, you kind of go like, okay, he should have a kid somewhere. Like he's had a slip up at some point of his life. Um, so here we have the son is now busted out his mother out of jail, out of prison, and he's like this super assassin type guy you know what i'm saying like he he can shoot he knows martial arts the whole nine yards and basically because of that will puts the i mean excuse me mike the will smith character puts everything together around the middle of the movie and goes wow like i can't believe this is it uh this is my son so let me back back because I, I, I skipped over this part that's my bad i skipped over this part a little bit so after they find out that Martin is having a kid, they all the whole force goes out for a drink. And um, basically, after they all go for drinks, Marcus and Mike go outside for a race. And they, they let the captain be the referee. And now the bet is that if Marcus wins, Will, excuse me, Mike won't give him any hell about quitting the force and if, again if you watch part one and part two for the last two movies uh marcus has been trying to retire he wants to retire he's always complaining about just retiring and being with his family and mike's always like come on man like don't do that you know that's not true i know i know you for a fact don't give me a, don't make me have to get a new partner we work really well together you don't want to retire and that's been for the last two movies so in this one Mike says, if you win, I won't bother you about retiring. You'll retire, and I'll, and I'll just go about my merry way. But if I win the race, you you can't, no more uh, retirement talk, and we keep going until the wheels fall off together. So they both said, okay. So they start racing, and very quickly, you can see Will is winning. And he's winning, he's winning, he's winning, and he's kind of showboating. And then this black um, motorcycle with this guy that's suited up in all black suit with a black helmet comes over with a P90 and shoots Will three times. Bang, bang, bang. Will goes down. This part of the movie, I was like, oh, man. To the point where it made me guess, like, he just got shot three times in the, in, one in the stomach, twice in the chest. He might be dead in this movie. Like, it would be kind of messed up if Martin now takes over or something like that. Um, but Will makes it in the movie, which is great. And basically, Marcus take take care of he take 
He take care of, I'm sorry, my tongue tied is right now. Like my tongue is so tied up. He take care of Will while he's in this in the coma and whatever. And six months later, Will is now better and everything. He's still a little hurt, but you know, still banged up, but he's good. Uh Marcus made a deal with God and said, God, if you let Mike live, I won't bring any more violence into this world. Meaning he'll just retire. He'll give it all up. He won't shoot another gun. He won't throw another punch, etc. Will makes it. Will comes back. He comes back to Martin's daughter's wedding. Uh, he gives a, he gives a great speech, um, and he talks to the captain. The captain says right away, "No, like you're not investigating this investigation because it's yours. You can't do it." He then tells Will, "Have you talked to your partner? Because your partner isn't your partner." And what he means is that Marcus has now retired. So now Will goes to Marcus like, what's going on? And Marcus doesn't tell him that he made the deal with God until later on in the movie when there's a really cool chase scene going on where um, Will and Marcus are basically in this motorcycle with a side cart on it. And they're just like running around chasing Nicky Jam at this point. And um, Mike tells Marcus to shoot the guys in the and like in the dirt bikes behind them, and he says I can't. And he finally tells him why. And then somehow Mike turns into like God wants you to help out right now by shooting Nikki Jam with this big ass machine gun that's on the side cart of the motorcycle. And uh, it's a funny scene. I truly I I, I like the movie. Um, the comedy scene, there, there's a lot of comedy scenes, and some of them were funny, and some were just like seemed like they were just kind of being forced into places they, they, they wasn't supposed to be in, and that I and I, I can understand that. This is you know I can understand that, but it just it just seemed off. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like it was too much comedy. The one thing that was good about the part one and part two was that the comedy scenes came naturally. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't seem forced in the movie. And this one it seemed a little forced. It was too much at the wrong time. And I think that's what it really was. It wasn't that it was forced, but it was they they had these funny moments just at the incorrect time of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's what kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, and also, I don't know what it is about the last because I've I've seen this one and I watched uh, Gemini Man, and Will Smith was also in that where he has a clone version on himself a younger version and between those two movies it seemed like every time they try to get to this point where they're trying to make you feel something where they're trying to capture a certain emotion they get there they get to like 90 percent of getting to that completion and then it just goes hooray like it just like it you they lose me maybe it's just me but and they just lose me every time. Like in the in Gemini and in this one, they just lost me. And there was a couple times where they were trying to have a symbolic moment or a, or a moment that captures your emotion. And I just they lost me. They just I don't know what it is about the last two movies I've seen of Will Smith. They just lose me. Um, I I don't I can't really put anything on. I can't really be like oh this is what it is. It just they get to that point and they're building, they're building, they're building, they're building, and then right when they get there and they're supposed to capture that moment they don't i don't they just fail at it i don't like it's really bad
But in part one and part two, you felt it, you know, you felt those moments. Um, yeah, but that's that's fine. It's it's three movies. You knew that all three movies can be great. You know what I'm saying? But they were definitely good because I'm not saying Bad Boys for Life was bad at all. It was really good, you know, but if I had to rank the movies, one being the best and three being like good or exceptional, it would go Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys 1 second, and then Bad Boys for Life third. And the only reason I put Bad Boys 2, and I tell everybody this, like, Bad Boys 2 is the only movie I can watch over and over again and never get bored because it has everything you want. Bad Boys 2 has uh, comedy, it has action, it has drama, you know, and it and it captures emotion. You know what I mean? But also, you have to remember, at this point in Bad Boys 2 in 2003, this is the moment where they literally had two people at the correct time of their career. Will Smith was just entering his uh, his prime of acting in 2003. Just entering. He's been acting for a while, but 2003, I feel like, early 2000 was his prime of just getting into character, like, it just in his prime. And I think Martin, at this point, was making movies as well, but he was at the end of his prime of making movies. You know what I mean? Like, he had just came out with, like, Big Mama's House and all that. Like, I feel like it was at the end of his prime. So you had two people in their prime, essentially, making this movie who have already just made the first movie. So now their chemistry is even better, and they're both in their prime. And I think that's what really made Bad Boys 2, like, literally the best movie out there like you can't go wrong with that like you can't go wrong with that movie like every like they're in their prime it's it's a really good movie and i believe that's why bad boys 2 that's for me that's why bad boys 2 is number one on the list and i think anybody who watched the, the trilogy would agree um because i can't i, I don't know the bad boys 2 is just it and bad boy one was also really good too i like the way that they, they did bad boys one um I, I, I truly enjoyed it. So, you know, again, Bad Boys for Life was not bad. You know, I don't want to get too much into it. I just want to give you the, like, you know, I, I, I basically just kind of gave you the, the the first half of the plot. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, this is, yeah, never mind. I got to go. I got to go to that. So basically, um, I don't want, do I want to go down this? Yeah, let me go. Let me just go. So, they move to the part where Mike is talking to the captain and the captain is trying to, you know, tell Mike to take things slow. Don't go out there with vengeance, you know, just do your job type situation. And he's what, and he's, and they're at the captain's daughter's basketball game in the park. Uh, as they're walking to the car and the captain is now telling Mike to come over, uh, cause his wife would love to see him and to come get some dinner and whatever. Uh, they're going to order out. The captain gets shot in the neck by Will Smith's son. Excuse me, by Mike's son, not Will Smith. By Mike Laurie's son, who doesn't know that that's his dad and they don't know that's his son. And uh, the captain dies. And I feel like that should have been more of a symbolic moment when the captain died. Um, and it, it just didn't... Like, it had it, don't get me wrong. They, they, they tried their best to, to capture that emotion. Um... But at the end, after all that, after the whole thing happened, 
at the end, like Mike didn't kill his son. He guys he showed him mercy, and I understand Mike. It, it, like, it's Mike's son, and in, in the movie they want him. It looks like they're gonna be. It's gonna be another bad boys, maybe another version of it. But I don't know. Like I like it was just weird. It was it was weird the way they did it because you have Mike's uh, son who's killing all these people. And he almost killed him, and he just killed his captain, the person who he sees as a father figure. And he's kind of cool with it at the end. And I understand, like you didn't, like he didn't know that that was his father and all that. But like, it kind of felt like his death was for no reason. Like the captain, like for all that, you might as well just left. If if Mike was just going to show mercy to his son, then the captain shouldn't have died. You know what I mean? The captain should have left. Just barely made it. Um, but he didn't make it. He dies in the movie. And then it seems like somehow, some way, Mike convinces him that he's his dad. The mom comes into play. She goes to shoot Mike, accidentally shoots her son. Um, then the, the cartel witch lady gets shot. Falls into a pit of fire because uh, the building's burning up. Uh, Mark is about to fall, and Mike grabs him off the ledge, and he's slipping because it's so wet. There's so much water around that his son comes up and helps him after just getting shot. He he just got shot, but he's able to help pull up Marcus, and then they carrying him out, not carrying Marcus out, they're carrying the son out. Um. And mind you, his son is like around 24 years old at this point. So I don't know. I don't want you guys to think that he's like, oh, like a 10-year-old son or a 15-year-old son. No, he's like 24 at this point. A grown man. So that kind of took me out of it too. And then at the end of the movie, right like right before the credits start, um, Mike kind of goes to the jail cell where his son is at and says, you know, you have to serve your sentence because you killed all these um judges and former DEA uh, detectives and all that we're gonna um, but then you have to serve your sentence but an opportunity has come up where you might be able to shave off some of your sentence meaning for the next movie I'm pretty sure they're gonna bring him out of jail to go undercover or something like that but it just seemed like it seemed like too much too much forgiving too like I don't know maybe it's just me it just took me out it just took me out I was just like uh you know, Bad Boys 2, I give it a, a 10. Because of the not only because of the directing, but the of the cast and the script and then the chemistry of Will and Martin. Bad Boys 1, I give it one out of ten, I give it like a good like I give it like a six, good seven. I I'd give it a seven. Bad boys one. Uh Bad Boys for Life, I probably give it like a six. It wasn't too bad. I give it, you know, I give, I, I give it a six. Yeah. But if you haven't watched Bad Boys 2 or 1, or you're planning on watching Bad Boys for Life, watch the first two movies, then go watch Bad Boys for Life. That's the only way to do it. If you just watch Bad Boys for Life, you might be confused on some of the references they're making and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I re- I liked it. I liked it, um, and I enjoyed it. 
But all right, guys, I'm about to head into work. I'm your boy, Big Baby Steve. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Philly Talks. I appreciate you. Thank you for showing all the love. Like, all you got to do is just press that play button. Just press that play button, and I appreciate you. But I'm your boy. I'll talk to you. Stay safe, and I'm out.